local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hey, no family chiropractic hotline if you like to chime into the conversation it is also the same as a guest line as we've been talking a little bit about the nfl a couple of moves have been made as the chargers have parted ways with offensive coordinator joe lombardi and the quarterbacks coach that means brandon staley likely is staying and that also means hey if you're a team maybe the saints looking for offensive coordinator Justin Herbert or whoever the Saints quarterback is. That's a problem. I don't know who the quarterback is. So that's something to keep an eye on there as well. No staff changes as of 1 p.m. when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. Now, we've seen a couple other teams make some moves uh, as well with the Browns uh, making a decision to, to maybe go back with uh, Schwartz, the former defensive uh, Detroit Lions head coach, as their defensive coordinator. So we'll keep an eye on that. Texans yesterday tweeting that they... Uh, interviewed Sean Payton yesterday. The Cardinals officially introduced their new GM. He says there's no room for egos on this team. And also the, um, the owner of the Cardinals said that they'll have a new coach within the next couple of days. So are the Cardinals really still an option? It's seeming more and more like it's the Texas and Broncos, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And Sean Payton yesterday on the Colin Coward show says, he thinks the compensation level for the Saints will be mid to late first round. Well, who would know than him? So there you go. That takes number two out for Houston, but not number 12. La- yesterday afternoon, not last night, yesterday afternoon, the Pelicans took on the Cavaliers. 113-103 was the final there. Pelicans, oh, okay, let's, uh, let's bring in Mr. Ali Cosell at O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L. He's the editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights. Ali, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well, Gus. How about yourself? Doing well. I was doing really well after three quarters. Pelicans led after one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Pelicans led at halftime. Pelicans led in the third. Things were looking really good. And then the fourth quarter started. What happened? Yeah, they hit a huge wall, didn't they? It looked like they were on their way to a victory, right? With minute left, I think, in the third quarter, they had a seven-point lead. The offense was playing well enough, right? Mm-hmm. DJ McCollum had his turns, Jonas Valanciunas. Trey Murphy was giving you something. I mean, there, there was a lot of contributors, and defensively, boy, they locked Cleveland down for the most part. I know they, they had did. some lobs, right, on the inside that Pelicans just can't contend with, right, when you've got grounded centers like Valanchunas. But for the most part, they did a great job, and it was really Dyson Daniels, right? He stymied Donovan Mitchell. I mean, that guy just scored 71 points a couple of weeks ago. And so you, you felt really good. But then, look, like I said, they hit a wall. Suddenly there was turnovers. They couldn't make a shot. And that was combined with Darius Garland turning it on for Cleveland, especially yeah. once Mitchell went out. And there you go. There's the recipe. You've got to play really good basketball for almost 48 minutes when you're on the road, and the Pelicans didn't do it. All right. I, I kind of want to – I don't want to say I want to dissect, but I, I, I think these are fair questions to ask, okay? I, I mean, when you don't have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson – you, I, I, I've been saying it for a while, even when you're on with us, Ali. I think it taxes the bench. It's taxing you. Th- these guys have to provide a lot more and stuff. And we've seen some nice moments from, say, two players that are getting a lot of attention on social media by people that cover the team or just fans. And I'm talking about Devontae Graham and Jackson Hayes. We see some moments, right? I mean, over the weekend in Detroit on Friday, 
the the behind the back dunk from Hayes. We we've seen him have some big games. We see the athleticism. And Devontae Graham hit a three yesterday, hits a couple of threes, you're fine. We also saw though yesterday in a period of ninety seconds, a nine point lead go down to like two because both of them committed four fouls in about ninety seconds. Mm-hmm. And your lead went kaput. So now look, I understand if Zion and BI are back those minutes are as much. But what do you make of those two players and their place on their team on January 17th? Yeah, I remember having a discussion with you, right, at Smoothie King Center where I basically said, I don't want to see maybe even a trade for the entire roster. Right? Nobody leaves. Just don't make any trades this year because we love the chemistry. Okay. And everybody was largely playing well, you know, 1 through 12. But for the last month and a half, seemingly, you know, Devontae Graham just hasn't given them anything offensively. I know you can play a little bit defense. You know, he's been very good with his hands, right, reading passes. He's had more steals than I can ever remember. And then Jackson, you, you still get, you know, you still love seeing those glimpses and you think about what if, right, because the Pelicans need that high flyer, uh, that athletic big, as I mentioned yesterday. Valanciunas couldn't do much with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley over the rim, but Jackson's a guy that could with his skill set, but he just doesn't, right? He makes for every good play he seemingly makes, he makes like four or five bad ones. Well, there's bad fundamentals, the way he guards somebody. To just, you know, yesterday it upset me watching him not being able to rotate well. So he's kind of just jogging in his rotations. So obviously he's not giving you anything there. So that really shows up when you don't have Brandon Ingram and Zion. Like I said, when everybody was playing well, they survived without those guys. But now, you know, you're having some of these type of games from certain players and, and you're consistently not seeing it from Graham. And, hey, so I think they should. You know, if I'm the puck, because I'm looking hard at the trade market to kind of shore up those positions. Because you feel good, right? If everybody's healthy, you feel good about the Pelicans' top eight. The yeah. regular starting lineup plus Jose, Trey Murphy, who'll be coming off the bench, and Nance. And, and, and I guess Najee, I'm sorry. I should say nine. But after that, it's a toss-up. And with this team, you're never healthy. So I would like to see them shore up at, at Graham's position. Find another reliable shooter. This team's only got three. And then with Hayes, like I said, you need a legitimate lane protector, a rim deterrent. Good and point. Jackson's not doing it for you. You need to find somebody that can. Yeah, you know, look, and I hear you. Um, athletic ability, potential, those are all nice things. But I think what we've seen is this team healthier and, and Zion on the court, they're a contender. So you got to start mm-hmm. thinking about it from that standpoint. You just, you, you, you can't lose leads in 90 seconds, you know, <laughs> because of, because yeah. of silly That's fouls. what we used to see, right, Gus? That <laughs> right? was the rest of the team past years, right? Yeah. When they were mediocre teams, yeah. I mean, it just, it, it can't. All right, so I also get this a lot on my phone during games from friends. Where is Billy Hernan Gomez? Why won't he get the minutes? Where is Kyra Lewis? Why won't he get any minutes? Um, what was it last week? There was an article about Billy maybe be unhappy, and, and it's, and it doesn't seem, Happy uh, or, you know, things over there. It's, I, I don't know, man. What do you make of the Billy Hernan? I love the guy. I think every time he steps on the court, he's a double double. I mean, the guy's going to rebound for you, can make free throws. I, I get he's not fast and athletic, but the guy can play ball. And when you're not rebounding or I need stability on that floor because Jonas is bleeding or <laughs> he's in foul trouble, mm-hmm. I, I like Billy, man. Why can't Billy see time on this court? I really think Jackson's being showcased a little bit, and it was most glaring to me in that game against Detroit, right? Jonas Valanciunas carved up the Pistons on the inside, but every time he sat, that's when Detroit made their run, and all of a sudden it became a too interesting of a game down the stretch, and I think Willie Green, it was obvious you needed to play Billy 
right? Because he can do largely a lot of the same things that Jonas can do, and especially bang inside the lane because the Pistons right. had no big, but yet he didn't go to him. So that to me just uh, there's a signs all over New Orleans saying that look Jackson's being showcased, and that's why he's consistently getting more minutes than Billy for what the last six weeks or so. And that's unfortunate because Billy is a better player. He could contribute more right now, and I can't blame him for being frustrated. So is it weighing? Do you have to weigh, hey, we could have had these wins, three to four maybe, as opposed to showcasing to maybe get something better down the line? Is that what you're you're having to weigh? It's a big risk. Well, partially, but if you think back to everything that's unfolded on the schedule, Gus, they've won their games at home. And they've beaten all the sub five hundred teams basically. So they're okay. what is it? Seventeen and five at home, seven and two against sub five hundred teams on the road. So they're doing what they should be. As for whether they could have eked out a win over one of these winning teams, yeah, possibly, but I wouldn't say it's three or four. You know, it hasn't been all that close, especially here since what? Since that loss to the Grizzlies right before New Year's, they just haven't really been all that close down the stretch of these games, right? Against Boston, uh, Dallas, and then in Philly, right, and of course last night. So. I don't know. I'm not buying that, but I will say that you don't want to toe that line too much because you're going to frustrate, right, guys that aren't playing when you're watching guys that shouldn't be playing. And, and, I mean, Devontae, when's the last time he made a couple threes in back-to-back games? I feel like it's been two months. So, Kyra, I I think he could be a game-changer for you right now. I I really think he could play better and give you more than what Devontae's doing, like we just said with Billy over Jackson. So it's unfortunate, but I don't think it's costing them uh, games. Yeah, I, and it's something that's interesting to me because I kind of felt like it was around this time, right, where those those, those, t- those tough discussions were had with players from Willie mm-hmm. Green, you know, about hey, maybe we can't use you as a starter and stuff like that. I, I just I, I'm starting to get that feel that you know Willie's going to have to have some discussions here or, or realize this because I just it, it's obvious and it's apparent that I don't think we're the only ones seeing that. Ali Cosell, editor in chief at the Bird writes, Christian Clark dropped a piece yesterday on Brandon Ingram. And it's gotten a lot of traction and reaction on it here. I don't think he's not looking into something that a lot of people feel or wonder, right? What do you make of Brandon Ingram's injury situation, not only this year, but the amount of games? It's interesting when you, when you see the number, right? That, that Christian yeah, comes but, up with. That's a lot of games that he's missed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that goes back to, you know, even his Laker days. Brandon has this. You know, he, he seems to miss 20 games every season, but now, obviously, it's, it's going to be a lot more than that uh, because he's missed, what, 66% of their games. I think he's going to be coming up on 30 uh, tomorrow's game. He's only played in 15, so that's that's just too many. And, unfortunately, he's not the only type of guy that's doing this in the NBA where he doesn't want to play unless he feels 100%. You know, in this day and age, the players, they, they really get to decide on when they get back on the court and there's very few, I mean, Gus, as you know, that will play through injury. I mean, there's a reason why there was only five players in the entire league that played in all 82 games, and four of those were reserves. So players are just apt to taking time off, and some coming back from injury not as quickly as others. And Brandon's one of those guys. He's always been one of those guys. I mean, every time he'd have a injury, like, say, last season, we thought, okay, he'd be out a week, and then he'd be back, but it would always be about two weeks he'd be out, Right. And that just seems to be the pattern with him. But I will say this on his behalf. I know that through the playoffs last year, he played through injury. So when it counts, he will be out there. Because if you remember last year, he suffered a pinky injury in that uh, where he, I think he dislocated his pinky against the Phoenix Suns. He weighed, he, of course, he played through the rest of the games. Mm-hmm. And then he waited to have uh, his surgery in the offseason. So I know he'll play through things. 
but I guess through the regular season he won't. And like I said, look around the league. This is not uncommon. So many guys do it, especially the ones that are stars, right? You're not playing for a role, right? You've already got your money. You're considered one of the best. So you're not as pressured to stay a role player today to be in uniform. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, I think it's a frustrating thing from a fan standpoint and yeah. organizational standpoint when you look at it too. And I think you add to the, the added, I wouldn't even call it anxiety, but just the, you see where they are, you know, and, and Denver and Memphis just continue to, I mean, they were starting to pull away. It really does look mm-hmm. like you're playing for that four spot right now between you and, you know, what the Kings in Dallas. Yeah, and Gus, get this. You want to stay in the top three. Looking through history, 97% of the top three teams are the ones that advance to the final. Wow. That's the cutoff I've read. So you want to stay actually in the top three, not the top four. Uh, and the Pelicans are right there on the cusp, right? The Kings are all of a sudden nipping on their heels, and there's other teams too. So I really hope Brandon gets back, you know, because I think even at 75%, 80%, he could help this team, right? Yeah. And he, we may have gotten a win or two over some of these tough teams, and suddenly the standings look a lot better. So hopefully he's back. He doesn't miss any more games the rest of the year, right? Knock on wood. And Zion comes back in a timely fashion. We'll forget all about this. But, yeah, it's worrisome right now. I want to be six or better come the All-Star break. And I, I figure if you're 10 and 12, it was 22 games when the word came out about Zion, right? So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm hoping if you're at least 10 and 12, I think you'll be six or better. And I'm looking at it, that separation between three and six. It's you got some space, but look, you – you know, you you got to play 500 ball, I, I guess, during the week. You, you have to. Yeah, you do. I mean, look, they're got they're losing record for the first time all season, right here in January. They're headed for a losing month, and you really wanted to see them go eight and eight. I don't know if that's feasible. They're three and five right now, but look, getting Brandon would really help that because you're going to have some months where you just struggle, right? Even the top teams, sure. And then you've got to bounce back. And I know the schedule gets easier. And when this team's fully together and you're not asking too much from the role players, I still think they're easily a top three team in the, in the West. Look, Jokic has missed four games for Denver. John Morant, seven. Zion's missed, I think, 15. We've just mentioned Brandon, 30, right? So that's, that's, you've just got to stop doing that if you've got any legitimate hope for a top three seed, which I think they can get to if these guys get it back on the court soon. Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights, as always, man. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Ali. Absolutely. Take care, Gus, and let's hope that they do kind of get back to their winning ways, right? Because that, that was a lot of fun, and they were headed for, you know, yeah. it looked like a deep playoff run. Yeah, now you can see. You can see his team is deep, man. Just it, it, Got to have your bodies when you're taking on these teams that have star players. It just it is what it is. Yep. I thought they maybe could have won Boston if they had beyond. They could have won a couple of these games against really good teams. You just you need your guys. So thank you, Ollie. Exactly. Yep. Appreciate it, man. When we come back, Corey Glore, all he does is call big games for Tulane. We'll be back on ESPN New Orleans. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury? Or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. 
In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. Have you ever thought you're just not a math person? With students more than half a grade level behind because of COVID, your kid may feel the same way. But it's not too late to get involved and be part of the equation. Get your child on track with math at bepartoftheequation.org. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Miss Corey Gore, voice of the Tulane Green Wave. Instead of going into break, Corey, all you do is call big games over there at Tulane. What, what a difference a year or so make, man. How are you, bud? I'm doing well, and allow me to say here, Gus, mm-hmm. whether you want this out or not, I'm going to say it anyway. Happy birthday, bud. Oh, no problem, man. Thank you so much, man. You, you don't. It. You make 70 look great. I appreciate that. I do feel 70 sometimes. Thankfully, I did uh, stop over at Dr. Josh Roulette's place, Lakeview Massage and Therapy, earlier this morning. Yeah. 9 a.m. had myself a fantastic massage. And I feel, there we go. I feel wonderful. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I'm three minutes in, and... Uh, uh, Eileen goes, wow, that's, that's a knot on your shoulder. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I feel much better now. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, um, dude, how much fun has it been calling Tulane basketball games here? They, they lose the conference opener at Cincinnati. Since then, beat Memphis, beat Tulsa at home, win at Temple, win at SMU, and then this past Saturday, caught the very end of the broadcast, 77-69, win over UCF, that's a heck of a start to conference play. Yeah, they've picked a good time to start playing their best ball of the year, and Coach Hunter is pretty convinced they still haven't played their best game yet of the season. But, you know, after a non-conference that was kind of uninspiring, 7-4 and four left a lot to be desired, especially with what they put on the schedule and who was coming back. You know, they couldn't quite keep everyone on the floor at the same time, and it looked disjointed. And so now that everyone's back together and healthy knock on wood you're seeing i think that what was in this team that had people pretty excited to start november and now you're seeing it here to start conference play and they're beating you know some big teams in there too that the teams that you rattle off talking about four of them that are in the top six in the conference right now and you're seeing the team at the top tonight and so they're beating some teams that they're jockeying with at the top of the league not just beating some of the bottom dwellers what 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 was the expectation level going into this season with Coach Hunter and this team? You know, March postseason is the bar here, and, and mm-hmm. you can quantify that with an NCAA tournament or an NIT. I mean, we're talking about two-lane basketball, both would be milestones for this team. And 
Um, that that's the bar that they they knew that they had a team that could contend in this league. It took a little bit to get it all going this year, um, but they they expect to be playing basketball in the middle of March um, at the at the earliest. And, and now you're seeing that kind of come together here in January. They've got to sustain it, but that that was the goal. Um, this is the best team Ron Hunter has had in his time coaching. He's been very open about that. Um, and now it's gelled back together. And so that, that puts all that back on the table here, especially if you can pull something off tonight. Corey, I remember last two seasons filling in for you occasionally, and I did, and it'd be A3, maybe two. They struggled shooting from beyond the arc, and when you look at the scores this year, they're, they're 80s, 90s, lots of points being scored. Is Tulane a better offensive team overall? Are they a better three-point shooting team overall? Or do they just have better offensive players this year? I, I think it, when, when they finally got everyone back together healthy, and they you know, Jalen Cook missed a couple of games in non-conference, mm-hmm. and you had Kevin Cross laboring a little bit. Well, now those two combined with Sion James, who's leveled up this year offensively, and Jalen Forbes, who's playing like one of the best players in the country right now when those four have now been coming together and seen regular time together the offense has leveled up and so you know that this type of production i think people figured was in there it just took a while to come out you know heading into you know mentioned that memphis game on new year's day when they won here in new orleans they were sitting about 10th in the conference in three-point average heading into that game well now they're sitting fourth I mean, they they have taken a giant step forward shooting the three ball, and, and that's going to be the major key tonight. Uh, if you want to pull off a win like this, is you got to hit your threes, um, and and they're doing that now, and that's why you're seeing 90 points a game on average here in conference play, and 88 on average during this five game winning streak. Is you have a lot of guys mm-hmm. who can hit threes, and a lot of guys who are moving the ball to find open shooters. Those four guys all at career levels of assists right now, and that's no. You know, that's not a coincidence that this offense is one of the best in the country at the moment. Speak with Corey Glor, voice of the Tulane Green Wave. All he does is call big games for the Green Wave. You know, it's interesting, Corey, you were saying those players' names. And I don't know if this has any correlation or not, or um, it could be a comparable analogy, but I, I've, I've heard those names for a while. Yes, I filled in for you, but those names are not a year or two old. I mean, and I, and I think of what you were saying about Willie Fritz and what Will Hall said on one Tuesday before that two-lane game that Coach Fritz has a very veteran football team, lots of games under their belt. Listening to those names, it makes a little sense as to what we're seeing with Tulane, right? They, they've they been under Ron Hunter for a couple of years. They've played a lot of different games. They've gone through the heartache. They've had tough losses. That, that's not a young team, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, you're, you're dead on. I, you know, I'm looking at my chart right here, Jalen Ford. 69 straight starts, Kevin Cross 46, Deion James 41, and Jalen Cook, who rounds out that big four. He's jumped in and out of the lineup with hamstring issues and with illnesses, but he's been in 12 games, and 10 of them starts this year, and he started a ton last year. And so that group, that quadrant right there, has been together for a long, long time and knows each other's rhythms by this point. Um, And now they're getting sustained game time together on the floor here in the month of January. You're you're seeing the experience of those four really drive this team forward and maturity level of those four. That's come in big the last couple of games when this team has needed to close things out late in the second half, and they've done it each of the last three times because all four of those guys 
know how each other operates, know what the strengths and weaknesses are of the other three, and all four can run point. And so that's why you're seeing, you know, one guy, you know, one night it's this guy, one night it's this guy, one night it's this guy, because all four have been together for so long, they know where the advantages lie. And that's why you're seeing a team that is older but still has a lot of youth in them uh, playing like a veteran club like they are right now. Corey, how big is it that Ferret Street is sold out? Have you seen it grow into what we've seen Yeoman grow, right, into a home field advantage and maybe possibly a home court advantage? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you this. The fact that there's going to be 4,000-plus in there tonight, that's been a long, long, long time coming. I think you got to go back to the late 90s to have Fogelman and Devlin this filled. Um, and so the fact that, you know, this was sold out about a week ago, like wow. th- this is not snuck up on people. They've been looking at this one and now watching this team play and they've snatched up tickets. And so the fact that, you know, the, the buzz is going to be in that building tonight. And yeah, I'm sure that there, there's definitely a pulse on this campus after what happened with the cotton bowl. But, you know, Ron Hunter has been clear, like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but you got to still sail it. You still got to be in the right position. And to this team's credit, they've taken the excitement that surrounded football on campus and they have channeled it as well. Now there's some legitimate excitement around men's basketball. And so the fact that this building is going to be filled for the first time in, in maybe 25 years, um, that's, I mean, Ron Hunter's been seeking this day ever since he took this job. And mm-hmm. so that's going to be. I'm not entirely sure how crazy this environment's going to be tonight, but it's definitely going to be bonkers. Look, uh, from calling women's games there and filling in for you, it, when when the students are in there, there's feet in your back. I mean, <laughs> you're right on top of the court, so it's going to be awesome. An environment there for sure. 2008, the last time a number one team came into Uptown, and it was Memphis that had some guy named Derek Rose, the graph reminded me of this morning. Um, so Houston, this just in there good. They're number one overall. Why? Here's the obvious. Why are they good? What do they do well that has made them the number one team in the country? Best defense in the country. I mean, they only give up 52, (laughs) 53 points a game, and no one's really a close second to them. I mean, Kelvin Sampson's teams over the years, over his stops, have all channeled just intense 40 minutes a game defense, and they will... They will absolutely hound you on the three-point arc. They will have more size than you will. I mean, Tulane will lose the size battle today. They lose the size battle of a lot of teams, but they've been able to shoot over that here to start conference play. Well, Houston's not going to allow you a ton of open looks from three. And so you're talking about a team that buys into Kelvin Sampson's intensity and sustains it for 40 minutes. They only roll about eight guys on the floor during a game. They only put about seven out there last year. Um, but they all know what they're supposed to do. They all take kind of the tough love approach that Kelvin Sampson's been pretty well known for, and they take it to heart. And so that they don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over, and they will put some intense pressure on you in the half court. They don't allow transition. Simply put, if this game is in the 50s or 60s tonight, Gus and Tulane's losing. If it gets up to the 80s, then Tulane might be walking out with a win. Bigger picture, obviously, there's a lot more basketball to get played in the tournament and all of that here as well. But a game like tonight, how does that factor in going, you know, into the field when the committee starts looking at different things too, right? A, a solid showing, you want to win, but a solid showing would help as well, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think now there's some focus on this game, and Tulane playing as well as they have has mm-hmm. certainly lent to that. But you're talking about a team that's 96 in net right now in Tulane. The number one team in net is here tonight. And so if you can get this win, then you skyrocket yeah. up that rankings. And, and you, you did a little bit Saturday beating UCF, who's a quad one team. And then, you know, you jump into first place in this league, which mm. Ron Hunter has been pretty clear about that that's more important to him than number one team in the nation, that playing for a chance at first place, and we're halfway through the league year by this point, um, that's the opportunity he's most excited about tonight, that this group has an opportunity to be in first place and beat the team sitting above you right now. And so now you start shifting parameters a little bit. If you can pull off something like this tonight, even a good showing might help, but the non-conference was was uninspiring enough where um, you have a mountain to climb to get over that. And so a a win tonight would go a long way for the national picture. You know, this is the first time that Tulane's received a vote in either one of the polls since probably the late 90s. The coaches' poll had a vote in there for Tulane. Um, And so it's starting to become a little bit more apparent around the country that this team's playing pretty good. Mm -hmm. If you can knock off number one and jump into first place in the American tonight, then you really enter the spotlight. And so this could be a program-defining night if you can pull off a win. If they play well against a team where you know, you're going to lose the rebounding battle, they suffocate you on the three-point arc, if you can play well against this group, that's certainly going to bode well moving forward. A win could change really the dynamics of the entire year. Okay, I'm going to follow. You probably already do. At Corey Glory is the voice of the Tulane Athletics. Uh, everything. Basketball, football, and sure enough, soon enough, dude, baseball. You ready for that here as well? You're in basketball mode now. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready, but <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I hear you. You're always prepping. I know you, man. Always ahead of the game. Thank you so much for your time, man. Enjoy tonight, dude. Thanks, Gus. I appreciate it. Happy birthday, bud. Yeah, for sure. Thank you again. Appreciate that. Quick break. We come back. Phone lines are open. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. Let's talk a little Saints, little baseball, little basketball. We'll do whatever it is you want to. Phone lines open the rest of the show. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-511-3535. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-511-3535. 800-511-3535. 
This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Our focus is to get you back to work, Louisiana. I'm Sine Villavaso. Come into our office. We have the resources and services you need. The people who work here have the passion to do the work. One thing we want them to know is that they matter. There is a great need here in the city of New Orleans. One of the things that we're trying to do here is provide opportunities. We're ready to get the citizens of New Orleans back to work. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. College parties was weird to me because I grew up in L.A. and I went to USC and I went to school in L.A. So that's I not, was that's like, not college. When you see an Eddie Murphy walk by in the VIP area, yeah, it's going to have a different vibe to it. That's your I'm, lifestyle. I'm having the fruit punch from the the bowl that hasn't been cleaned off in like <laughs> ten years. Like, yeah. what's in that fruit punch? Yeah, jungle juice. GJ and Max mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Love to hear from you. Saints fans, what do you make of some of the moves being made in and around the NFL today? Joe Lombardi, you remember him? He was the offensive coordinator for the Chargers most recently. Got fired today. Quarterbacks coach Shane Day also let go. That's two things right there, right? That tells you Brandon Staley likely to remain with the Chargers. That takes them out of the Sean Payton sweepstakes, perhaps. Makes a lot of sense there. Also, if you're up-and-coming, rising offensive coordinator or former head coach, offensive-minded, that is a very attractive position. Offensive coordinator of the Chargers with Justin Herbert, right? And again, I'm just saying that if the New Orleans Saints get into the market of looking for a offensive coordinator, and that's if it happens. It's Tuesday, 136. No changes as of yet. We spoke with Luke Johnson earlier with the Picayune and the Advocate. He does expect changes. He would just look at it. As I think we all do, it, it didn't work. Can't imagine bringing it all back. Nick Underhill, New Orleans, that football, going back and forth with some people that are like, what, where are the changes? Everybody's making changes. Where are my Saints changes? He's like, breathe. Uh, three hours ago, Nick tweeted, I guess I'm not as worked up as everyone else because I'd be shocked if they run everything back as is. If I thought they weren't going to do anything, I'd feel differently. I just don't see how it all remains the same. With everyone moving off of their OCs today, now is the time. And that's, remember, Mickey Loomis said last week, this is the week you're going to evaluate and do staff changes. Okay, so we're a day in, uh, two days in, and an afternoon. So if it's going to happen, it'll probably be this week. And Luke brought up something very interesting as well. This team likes to interview, chat with, Get to see people next week at the Senior Bowl. That's essentially the unofficial, you know, like, Indeed.com Bowl. I mean, whatever. People just, they literally put resumes in the bathrooms. I've heard stories, right? I mean, everyone's looking for work over there, and they get a chance to talk to all the coaches and coordinators and everything else out there. So it's something to think about time frame-wise. Time frame-wise. So we've spoken about that. 
We've spoken about the Pels' 10-point defeat yesterday against Cleveland. Got to get some guys back. Pels fans, what do you think of Christian Clark's piece about Brandon Ingram? Lots of game misses. Um, and some interesting points made in there. Jack, thank you for giving us a buzz. How are you today, sir? Hello, Jack. Happy birthday. Hello. Hey, buddy. Yep. Hey, happy birthday, and also happy birthday to Lawrence. I know yes. he's out there somewhat. This was, <laughs> what, the 15th or the 16th? He, he was yesterday. He's the 16th, and he will join us tomorrow. He couldn't today, but he will join us tomorrow. So, Lawrence of the Holder. All right. Um, Gus, you know, you were talking about bad officiating leading to bad football. Um, can you think of – and I agree with you. I mean, there was a call, I mean, right over, right on the weekend – in the in the Giants Minnesota game, they they called a uh, they called a rough of the pass to call late in the game. That was awful. Against, awful. Uh, against the Giants, they could. That was horrible. It really was a horrible call. <laughs> but, but but really, Gus, I mean, you're, you're watching the Pelicans every night. Is there good officiating in any sport? No. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I ah, uh, I I don't know if it's your team bias that takes over sometimes. Like I, I do, I do try to sometime go, okay, if I didn't care if this team won, would I feel the same way? And it's hard sometimes, right? Cause I am watching the Pels game. I am listening and I am watching it. And Jackson Hayes doesn't do anything and he gets called for a foul or if he does do, you know, I mean, Pels players are being mauled, right? And, and nothing. And the Cavs players turned it up defensively in the fourth quarter and they seemingly got more respect. And I, but again, is it just because I would like the Pels to win. I don't know. But to your point, I'm watching that Giants Viking. I could care less about Minnesota. You know, a nice story by Dable than the Giants. And I'm like, that's, that's not a roughing the passer. I mean, that's a sack. The guy wrapped him around and he literally let him go and he rolls on his leg. Like he used his left thigh as a slide. I mean, he didn't slam him to the turf. He didn't pick him up. He literally just wrapped him around, let him go about Three quarters of the way of a 360 spin and let him drop. I mean, <laughs> that's not roughing the passer. Um, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy on some of those calls like that, man. I, but but your, to your point, the, the NBA this year has been just awful uh, on a lot of games and look in both sides too. I mean, no, no one wants to see a whistle fest, you know, a lot of times. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that we're paying attention more. Because of the kind of season you think the Pels can have, it means more, so every possession matters more. I don't know. I don't know if it's a a personal thing or it's what you're just saying, Jack, where it just stinks. Well, Gus, I'll I'll give you an example. uh, In the the Saints-Eagles game, it it, it, it helped the Saints, but but honestly, it might have been one of the five worst calls of the year. The the Eagles won for a touchdown, and they called holding on the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Um. If Jeff Saturday was still working for ESPN, that would have went down as a camp a pancake block. It oh, I agree. What you want to see? I agree. Yeah. To do. Oh. That was not holding. I mean, that was that was not holding. But that was uh, the Saint fans were tweeting that payback, baby. <laughs> but no, that wasn't holding. No, and that's the thing. Like I, I also think too, Jack. With all the reviews and where the calls are, I wonder now if you just you just call everything, you make it reviewable. You're not. Um, 
And then you start looking at, man, one one thousandth of a second if the ball hits the turf, or if it doesn't, is it is a catch, is it a not? It's uh, I, I do think there's a level of confusion. The game is very fast. I mean, again, when I was the sideline guy, um, 07, 08, it, it wasn't, you know, I, that was the first thing I remember. It was like, oh, my goodness, it is fast. And it's faster now. So you're having to make split-second decisions on things, and you're hoping. And I think that's what happened yesterday, that there was a foul called on Jonas. You know, the official is staring at Jonas's back, sees the defender do a flop, even though he's arm-barring Jonas, but he sees the body language, and I think that's what he called. The camera, as we're viewing it from the television, it's into the chest of Jonas and into the Cavs player, and it's not a foul. It's not a foul. I mean, he's being fouled, but you see the official on the baseline behind them, Blows his whistle, doesn't animate it, you know, hand gesture, and it's a foul on Jonas. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you review more. I don't know if you have more officials. I don't know how you fix it, man. I don't know. How, how do you fix the injury thing, too, man? You you call in and give a lot of opinions on a lot of different things. What, what do you do with injuries? I think padding is a thing. I think they need to go to more padding. Oh, oh you're talking about the NFL? NFL, Or, or yeah. the NBA. <laughs> okay. Um. I don't know, Gus. I think I think part of the problem is that they're gonna, and, and also I think uh, it'll help the, the play overall. These guys are just going to have to play more in the preseason. You, you can't wait. I, I'll give you a team that stands out for me that really isn't ready when the season starts is Green Bay. It takes them half the season to, to you know to get the football shape. So I think I think I really think that does lead. I mean, would you think that would lead a little more injuries when when you're not really ready for football to take the hits? No, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, and I've heard from a lot of, I mean, 4K says it all the time there as well. And, that, and I kind of used, I don't know if it's the right analogy. It's the only thing I can think of since I started taking guitar lessons here. I, you know, I, I hear a lot about the calluses on the fingers and it does get easier when you play. Um, same thing, right? Like my first day or two doing legs at the gym, doing squats, it stinks. Like you can't tie your shoe. Once you do it three, four weeks, you're, you're fine. I do think acclimation is a thing. And I can't imagine going, you know, Saints are done, right? So January, essentially, most of January. I know they play the game earlier, but let's say most of January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, when you have the first padded practice, technically, but you're not really hitting and tackling. But you're looking at about eight months, give or take, seven and a half to eight months, before the first preseason game. And then you get at it. I mean, I, and, and I just, I just think your body's in shock. I mean, it, it just, it takes the, the toll. And then you don't have tackle practice. I was listening, I think two weeks ago, Aikman and a couple of other, like, former players were talking about, uh, Jimmy Johnson. We had the author, if you remember, Jack, a couple, about a month ago of Jimmy Johnson's latest book. And they talked about specifically, how Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were full-go padded tackle practices for the Cowboys. You would never, I don't think you, the CBA allows it, you would never have a tackle practice the week before a game now in the NFL. But they did, so they were physical. And I think your body gets used to it, and, you know, it, it helped. But, yeah, I mean, I, I remember clearly him saying that. I'm like, you could never do that now, probably, new CBA and all that stuff. But... And, and I think players cost more, 
and I think there's too much value in him, and you don't want him hurt. Like, imagine, right? Imagine Michael Thomas gets hurt in a padded practice on Thursday. Saints fans would have lost their mind, right? In a tackle padded right. practice. They'd lose their mind. So you're basically only being physical on game day, and it starts in August. And for most of those guys, they don't even play the preseason. So you're going almost nine months without getting hit, and now for the next three hours, you got to go get physical. I, I think that's part of it as well. Hey, guys, just one last thing. Um, did you happen to see Tulane's game on Saturday? I didn't. They, 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 okay. Well, they played UCF, and, and I went to the game. And, yeah. and look, they pretty much lived under UCF's basket. Wow. The whole first half. Yeah, they did. And um, to be honest with you, they didn't really finish that well a lot of the times. But look, I'm not. They, they must have had, I don't know, 15 to 20 shots in, in the protected area. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think they got one call. I mean, that's that hardly even seems possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like when Zion drives to the basket. And he, oh. You know, you, you complain about it all the time. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I don't know how much you listen to the graph make the calls uh, on, on Pell's radio, but that 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 is a, a, a common phrase by him. All we... All we do is drive in the paint and go in the paint, and we don't get the free throws. I mean, it's I, to your point, it it you know, it, it gets people wondering. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for taking my call. Have a good day. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy thank your you. birthday, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for calling. Eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. Open phone lines the rest of the way. NFL Saints fans, it's the question of the day. We've been going back and forth. Do you think the NFL product is good or bad? The same? Uh, do you have just specific gripes, injuries, level of coaching, talent? I'm leaning more towards. I don't think it's as good. I, I honestly don't. But. We can go back and forth. Let's do that. Sport Tangover in ESPN New Orleans. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show is coming for two big days only. This weekend at the Pontchartrain Train Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade, or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting, don't miss it. Hi, I'm Nichols head football coach Tim Rebo. Winning a football game starts with a great game plan, and so does fighting pests. Terminex will protect your home and business from termites, roaches, mice, and even mosquitoes. Call the local team, Dan and Billy Foster, at Terminex of Homa. They will draw up a winning game plan to tackle your pests. Terminex is a proud supporter of Nichols Athletics. Go, Colonels! Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. 
Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003 in the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. The Chargers have fired Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator. Quarterbacks coach Shane Day that likely tells you that Brandon Staley is safe. Chargers probably off the board in the Sean Payton sweepstakes. The Browns have hired Jim Schwartz or are about to hire Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator. Over there in Cleveland, he was the former Detroit Lions head coach. And the Texans have been busy. Uh, last night they tweeted they have interviewed head coach Sean Payton. Um, also, Broncos defensive coordinator Idro Evero and Rams tight end and assistant coach Thomas Brown have just completed their interviews for the Texans. So they're interviewing everybody. Kind of looks more and more. Huh? Like Houston and Denver, perhaps? I say that only because the... Cardinals have announced their new GM, and he comes from the Patriots. We'll get about that here in a second, and does it mean that maybe they're off the board or not? I don't know. We'll touch on that here as we go to the phone lines, 800-998-1003. Mark, what do you got for us today, sir? And you got so many topics going on simultaneously, brother. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I write a lot of things Happy down. birthday. Thank so, you, man. You know, appreciate it. Uh, so first up, Pelicans, dude, they had zero free throws in the second quarter. I if I remember right. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. So obviously every shot that was taken was completely legal and unconfiled. Un- defensive quarter in the history of the NBA. Is Absol- like would probably say. That is correct. That is absolutely the most perfect yeah. defensive quarter. Um, and Mark, you'd be shocked how many quarters off, right? that happens for the Pelicans. That, that, that's not the <laughs> first time that happens. <laughs> no, not Just at all. Saying. But again, yeah. I will say unto thee, if, if, if Zion were playing anywhere in the major market, he would have 53 throws a game. So, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, they don't want him here. They don't want a team here. We just have to get over the fact and, uh, and all of that. But, um, you asked a question about the, 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 the NFL product mm-hmm. and the NFL product, honestly, and a, a lot of sports products diminished when ESPN started running the nonstop big plays. You don't know how to need to learn how to tackle. You just need to learn how to launch into someone. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of this started. Now, if you, you go back, the injuries started to pile up. Um, yes, I know these guys are bigger, faster, and stronger because they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars. So they don't have to have outside jobs. You know, so, but, you know, when, go look at, go look at all these times where these guys just get launched into as opposed to when they're just stood up in time. You know, mm-hmm. we were taught, I mean, I look, I say, I'm, 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 I'm ancient compared to most everybody around this place. But, you know, I was taught you wrap a guy up and you put your helmet on the football. That's what you, we were taught. And that's how you tackle. We played every sport and never, never had all kinds of crazy injuries. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you, when you value speed and big hits as opposed to player safety, then that's where we get, we get now. 
You know, yes, these guys are incredibly fast. But you know what? They're basically playing an entire game of contact football in gym shorts. Yeah. You know, and and that's 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 a bad thing. You know, but we have got look. If Michael, yes, question. If Michael Thomas would have got hurt at practice. I would have said, thank God, at least he showed up for practice. Stop. He always showed up to practice. He looked great at practice. Raphael, Raphael makes fun of me all the time. Because when I was telling him, he looked incredible at practice, man. I, well, yeah, but, I mean, you know, nobody's guarding him. and No, you know, no, he, no. He made plays. He knows exactly what the route's going to be. And, no. you know. Well, no, he knows the route in the game. I just. Not I, but, really. You, no, but, have you ever seen him really improvise well? No, he's, dude, he's. He set records. I mean, I, I get he hasn't had the best day for Saints fans, but the, the guy's a record-setting receiver. I mean, he's good. Well, but he also had a record-setting quarterback. I, I, well, I mean, you need one for the other, too, as well. I mean, <laughs> was, Jerry, was Jerry Rice good? Was but, Jerry Rice good? You know, in the last I mean, two Jerry years, Rice we had haven't had a great quarterback option. Right. And, obviously, we paid him $40 million to rehab his Pinky toe, but um, I, know. I don't. Yeah, I. You know my little opinion of, of his work ethic, and I think that's the part of the other part of your question about injuries. How many people had the work ethic of a Kobe Bryant? Man, I like I said, I I think there is there is a, a combination of things, right? Um, mm-hmm. I just think even with the Saints' uh, misdiagnosis of injuries, that's been something in the past. And they've, and they've had different medical staffs over the last couple of years. But it's been misdiagnosis of injuries. Do players want to risk more? Um, do they want surgery or not surgery? Choose for natural healing as opposed to surgery? There, there's a litany of reasons why you've seen some players. I, I'm trying to look at the outside, or even before it gets to that point, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm trying to think... I mean, it's been what three, four years. Even in in that Rams season, the offensive line went kaput. I mean, like they we can't stay healthy, you know. And, and look, they they went and got you know the dude from Alabama and stuff this year, <laughs> trying to change things and couldn't stay. So I I don't think it's nearly as much as staffs or prep or man, are we stretching enough or are we lifting enough? I I think I think it's it's the activity. I, I think it's the games. I think it's the year round training, and I I just. I'm just trying to find common sense solutions or, or, or answers. And I literally think it's the lack of padding. I just do, man. I just, the more I think about it, it's the one variable that it, it's just apparent. Like your eyes see it. You know, I mean, I don't remember seeing armpits of players before they went to this Nike jersey and, and, and just the shoulder pads are non-existent, you know, so. I don't know. I mean, unless they've created some carbon fiber halo type game thing where, you know, you don't need it. I don't know how covering more area doesn't help. I mean, you used to have knee pads on those pants. Go look at the next that went time. To your knees. Right. The, the, well, the knees, the knee pads covered your knees. Right. Like I said, they didn't go up halfway no. like, you know. The biker shorts that they well, wear so nowadays. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. I saw yesterday, you know, or even on Sunday, an instance where a receiver gets slammed to the ground on a tackle. His bare knee goes right into that turf. There's no padding Absolutely. on it. So, you know, it may not be that day. It may not be next week. I just, I have a hard time thinking that the constant hitting and, and pounding on that, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I, I, I don't know if it, it you can't, 
you, you, you'd have to sit there and tell me with statistics that it's safer when I don't think common sense, it tells me it's safer. It's, it, I've heard players say it. It's to make them faster. They've removed them. They've made them thinner and they've slimmed everything down. I mean, you look at a football player now. I mean, it's, it's almost like a superhero kind of costume, right? Kind of tight. It's form fitting. It's hard to even grab, you know, for the holding and all that stuff. Like it's just everything is just, it's, it's almost, um, stuck to you. Whereas, right. and go Google go back it to 10 the day, years man. ago. Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, Dan Marino's jersey was flopping like a flag when he was dropping back. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, I remember mean, those god awful LSU tearaway jerseys? Dude, I mean, you I, know, yeah. I just I keep was, thinking. Yeah, I just keep thinking, man. That I mean, and it's not just the shoulder width, right? But it's the depth of the chest and the back as well. So when you land it on your back, you probably, you know, to me, three inches of plastic between the floor and your back probably helps elevate your head. I I, I just re it seems like every time you get tackled now, the back of your head hits the turf. I mean, I, maybe I'm I know, wrong. And, and, but, and they're hitting so much harder because they want everybody to be faster. Yeah. But, you know, I'm trying to just. I'm, I'm trying to remember. There was a safety that the Saints used to have way back. I think it was a Watkins guy. Yeah. Uh, and and he was one of the most brutal tacklers of the day for the Saints back then. But he wrapped the guys up and just tore in and pushed. You know, and they got to the ground. I mean, he literally that he waited. He didn't go try to you know decapitate somebody in the middle of a catch. Let him hit. You know, catch the ball as soon as that feet hit the ground. He was tearing into him. And, you know, he played his whole career, and I really wish I could remember his name. I, I apologize, but, um, you know, there's people like that. There's teams they're, they're teams of the old, and I hate to keep saying it that way. Right. But, you know, they played solid football. They didn't go – they weren't a lot of flash as far as, you know, the ESPN top top ten hits the game of the weekend. Right. You know, and, oh, by the way, nobody was hurt for the rest of the year. I hear. Mark, you know, thank you for the phone call, man. Hey, man, I hope you have a great day and happy birthday, man. Make you, make your bride take you someplace fun tonight, man. We're getting, we're getting sushi. Believe me. I, that <laughs> is, no, from my favorite, it is, trust me, I'm going to have a very nice evening. It's going to be very nice. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, man. Take care. Yep, for sure. Quick break. We come back. Hour three completely open. If you want to chime into the conversation, love to hear from you as well. Pels fans want to hear from you about Christian's article, Pels, and, uh, let's get going. It's hour three next on ESP North. <laughs> ESPN 100.3 and Penn Entertainment present Wanna Bet with the Professor Nick Harrison. Each week, the professor and his guests take a look at the best bets in sports and show you that it doesn't take a professional odds maker to win a mint. Plus, the show will be coming to you live from Boomtown Casino on the West Bank. You can join in the fun, get in on the action, and have a taste.